When Andrew Swinand was tapped to be Leo Burnett's North American CEO last January, he had a daunting remit. Burnett had long been a flagship Chicago agency, but after losing McDonald's in September 2016 and a few other accounts, the legendary creative shop had lost some of its luster. Enter Swinand. Most recently at sister publicist shop Starcom Media Vest, he brought in a history of data and analytics to the role of burnishing Burnett. I'm Brian Breaker, editor of Ad Age, and you are listening to AdLib. Swinan joins us today to discuss all things Leo Burnett and publicist, data and creativity, sitting out can, consultancy creep, and how an incident when he was an infantryman during the Gulf War helps inform him of what's really important. Swinan, thank you for joining us. Uh, North American CEO Leo Burnett. Did I get that all right? Yes. Uh, awesome. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. It's a, it's nice actually to have you here because the first time we met was a little under a year ago. I was new here. You were newish in your your role at Burnett. So it's good to sort of check in and see how things are going with you. Um, how are things going with you? Uh, things are great. Yeah. Yeah. Great personally. Great from a business standpoint. Uh, so I'm. Uh, I feel fortunate. <laughs> Good. Glad to hear. And you're here in New York. You're obviously based in Chicago. Um, so let's start. actually start in Chicago. I think before we turn on the mics, I asked you about this. Like Burnett has long been a, a sort of Chicago flagship big agency uh, there. Uh, a few years ago, you lost McDonald's, uh, some other accounts, and the consensus was that, that maybe some luster had had been lost from the brand. You came in in January of last year to sort of turn things around. How, would you characterize that as an accurate f- framing of your mandate? Yes. Uh, what have you done? Uh, I, For me, I feel like uh, we've had an incredible year and the agency is actually growing mm-hmm. and growing aggressively. Uh, we've been hiring aggressively. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, if I was going to bring it back to four things. Mm-hmm. We actually set a transformation mandate. Mm-hmm. And for me, the idea of the transformation mandate was one, a uh, renewed purpose, mm-hmm. uh, and really getting back to this uh, idea and a quote from Leo Burnett, what helps people helps business. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that if our core product is creativity, mm-hmm. understanding people is actually the biggest value we can bring to clients. Mm-hmm. Um, two, from a product standpoint, recognizing our product is creativity and not ads. Yep. How do we provide creative solutions to clients' business problems? Three, uh, you know, we reset a lot of our talent, brought in uh, and created the core. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have about 100 uh, data and analytics people now on staff mm-hmm. um, doing much more with not only culturally resonant, but contextually relevant mm-hmm. and irresistible commerce through ARC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and finally, we did a big reset of, of place, uh, actually did away with all offices, reconfigured in and around client teams and have a much more collaborative workspace. But, you know, I mean, the net of it is uh, we've been growing, we've been winning new business, uh, hiring more people, adding capabilities. So mm-hmm. it's been a pretty transformational year. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I couldn't be happier with the progress. Uh so you, the lot to unpack there, and we can go back and sort yes. of like tease out bits and pieces of everything that you just said. So you, you, you came on board. You were last at Starcom MediaVest before that. Abundant Venture Partners. You have a background in data and analytics. 
as you were saying, that uh, the core product of Leo Burnett is creativity. Was there a culture clash at all there, or can, is there potential for tension? You know what the irony is? Uh, people always think that actually there would be tension with creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually feel like the creative leadership and Britt Nolan are yep. all on board. And mm-hmm. for me, uh, the idea of actual data and analytics is to inspire human understanding, mm-hmm. to lead to better creative product. I actually did not find a lot of pushback from the creative department. Mm-hmm. Ironically, I felt there was much more tension Um, in and around business leadership in that I think for them, that's where the real skill set change needed to take place Mm -hmm. in that uh, there was a greater onus and accountability for driving business results, for bringing in the accountability and the Mm -hmm. technology to actually understand people and understand business problems. So did you have to restructure those people? Was there, I mean, you... You, you sort of consolidated a lot of the data and analytics capabilities that were at Burnett under a, a program you called the core. Yes. Right. Can you explain a little bit about what, what that is and how it's been Sure. Going? So the, the big idea with the core, we within Leo Burnett had actually built uh, strong capabilities around uh, segmentation, mm-hmm. around propensity models, around understanding uh, behavior and, and how it inspires people. Mm-hmm. I think the missing piece of it was actually behavioral analytics and a lot of the digital and data management platforms or DMPs. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've managed to do is actually actually marry a lot of the quantitative uh, DMP data and segmentation mm-hmm. and actually weave in much more qualitative persuasion and, and what and how people interact with content and ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, the way I always talk about it is uh, I think a lot of people talk about data. For me, data is like a forest when I need a house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to have all that wood, but if mm-hmm. I don't have anyone who can actually do something with it, it's yeah. irrelevant. Sounds like you've said that before. <laughs> I have. I have. And and for me, again, what the investment in the core was is the architects, the craftsmen to actually shape the data into insight. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we've done a lot of work actually modifying briefs mm-hmm. so that they're more specific to uh, different target audience, more personal personalized content, Mm -hmm. or two, basically looking and clearly defining what is the biggest business problems that our clients have so we can use creativity and the power of the creativity within Leo Burnett to actually solve that business problem. What are the biggest problems that you're seeing among your clients? Oh, I think it varies by industry, obviously, but, mm-hmm. you know, specific to CPG, mm-hmm. you have private label cutting you at the bottom, you have mm-hmm. specialty cutting you at the top, uh, you have retailers and basically e-commerce. Uh, you know, there's a great statistic that 40% of the Fortune 500 from 10 years ago are no longer on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I believe every industry is undergoing radical transformation. Yeah. Ours is, and yours. I was uh, say, ours, is, yeah. <laughs> ours and yours are yeah. no different. Yeah. And I believe that this is a time where leaders just need to yeah. be radically transforming their own organizations ahead of the market. Yeah. and creating aggressive change. Can you give any specific examples of, of this data-informed approach that, that may be different from how it was done before it were not? 
Sure. So, I mean, a, a great example, uh, and, you know, a lot of this, I think, is also enabled by Publicis Group, but mm-hmm. the investment... We'll get, we'll get into Publicis. We will get into Publicis Group, <laughs> yeah. but the investments the group has made in mm-hmm. products like PeopleCloud and a- actually able to do individual-based IDs and the investments the group has made in acquiring Sapient and basically mm-hmm. being able to have scaled back office resources and efficient production has all basically set the f- groundwork Mm-hmm. to do personalized content at scale. Mm-hmm. And Artur talked about this at the recent Investor Day, but you know the, the dream is right message to the right person at the right time and basically to be able to do that individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we have done with Burnett is set this vision of actually being able to provide creative solutions mm-hmm. to our clients' business biggest business problems across culture, context, and commerce. And I think we've always been able to do big culturally relevant work. We're you know, third most awarded creative agency in the world. We've done incredible things over time. Um, where I think we've added a lot of capability is in contextual. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability to do personalized, the ability to do more one-to-one, mm-hmm. the ability to do uh, content at scale. And then lastly, we've always had ARC as basically a, a shopper, mm-hmm. retail partner. Uh, for me, it was an underutilized asset. Which is, of, explain what ARC is. So yeah. ARC is uh, actually our retail shopper agency mm-hmm. within the Leo Burnett Group. Uh, you know, works with Procter and Gamble and Miller and some of the world's largest brands. And again, I think that if you think about ideas, they need to basically be brought through to retail and in an omnichannel, always on world. Mm-hmm. If you can't basically take uh, your content and creative ideas and drive action uh, on a mobile device for people to immediately purchase, it's a huge mess. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, the idea of all of our ideas being more holistic across culture, context, and commerce mm-hmm. was a paradigm shift in terms of how we approached ideas. Was it also sort of a move to combat the threat posed by consultancies because that's something you've been sort of vocal about in the past? You know, I think uh, for uh, the consultancies basically, uh, and I've talked about this with you in the past, but the race is basically can consultancies take their enterprise experience and basically become creative organizations right. faster than creative organizations can embrace data mm-hmm. and leverage uh, enterprise technology. Mm-hmm. And To date, it doesn't seem like the consultancies have been as interested in getting into the creative side. Is that I, d- I don't think that it's possible, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Rashad Bakwal is a great saying, you can't mm-hmm. put on a white coat and call yourself a doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think you can take off your black tie and call yourself uh, creative and keep your white shirt on. <laughs> uh, so for me, I think that, you know, our product has been and always will be creativity and mm-hmm. actually having a core team of individuals mm-hmm. who can apply creativity and innovation to find new ways to inspire mm-hmm. people to change their behavior. But they, they can buy their way in. They can buy creative shops. They're, they certainly have that scale. Yes, and. Uh, <laughs> yes, and. Uh, it's a talent-based business. Mm-hmm. And creative talent wants to work for creative organizations that mm-hmm. value creativity mm-hmm. and basically uh, where creativity is celebrated. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you can buy the brand, mm-hmm. but if the people leave, what you have is a name on a door and an empty building. Mm-hmm. So, again, I think for me, uh, it's a matter of culture. Mm-hmm. And are you culturally an organization that actually can inspire and retain creative talent? Mm-hmm. 
And that is what the core value proposition that Leo Burnett and creative agencies offer Mm -hmm. is the ability to actually create relevant ideas that inspire and change behavior, create emotional connection. And again, I feel like uh, you can have all the trees in the world, mm-hmm. uh, and it's great to have that forest, but it, it doesn't give you a house. Yeah. Um, but So talk about the house. Then talk about Leo Burnett. Um, within the publicist structure, how do you see the role of the individual brands, uh, which you've been talking about, like Leo Burnett or Saatchi and Saatchi, growing within the public, publicist communications structure? Um, I think we've seen um, a lot of uh, uh, moves at, at, at holding companies. You know, IPG talk, talks about their open architecture. WBP is sort of assembling these um, bespoke agencies out of pieces of their other agencies, like We Are Unlimited or the the uh, the new BP <coughs> agency. Uh, how does the individual agency retain its brand within that sort of framework or those trends? Well, I, my starting point for this is always brands matter. Mm-hmm. If you look at the balance sheet for publicists, they're carrying a ton of value for the brands they've built and acquired over the year. So mm-hmm. it's creative. The second thing I would say, though, is brands matter to clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think about... Uh, Do they still? Are they clients? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think, again, when you stand in front of your board and you talk about who you've hired, mm-hmm. uh, to say I've hired Leo Burnett for my creative uh, work and partnership matters. Mm-hmm. And clients, even in integrated group pitches, mm-hmm. want to know who they're working with. Mm-hmm. And again, I think uh, we're in a world where uh, so much is transforming, and I think there's natural points of tension. Mm-hmm. And there's a point of tension between integration mm-hmm. and scale and a point of tension between brand and specialty. Mm-hmm. And I think that the magic lies in how do brands continue to build areas of focus, specialty, mm-hmm. and uh, a unique value proposition in a world where basically they need to be able to integrate and network mm-hmm. with more and, and different partners. And we're seeing this in, in uh, Publicis now as it's playing out. We're recording this the week that Marcel is about to be revealed. It's been a year-long uh, sort of song and dance that, that Artur has been doing. Um, I know that you're on the sort of outside of that, but what is your take on what, what Publicis is doing there? I'm really excited about Marcel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the game changer for Marcel was Microsoft coming involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think about Microsoft and you know as owners of LinkedIn and their ability to actually do mm-hmm. AI technology at scale, mm-hmm. it adds a, le- a level of uh, scale and credibility mm-hmm. uh, that I think actually makes it uh, exponentially uh more probable that it's going to be something of value. And again, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. I was just going to say, how would you, how do you explain what Marcel is to people who ask? Uh, Marcel, uh, for me, is basically uh, a product that will enable us as a network to tap the best talent and put it against the biggest problems. So when we mm-hmm. talk about creative solutions to client business problems, you think about Publicis as a network of 80,000 people. Mm-hmm. And if talent is our source of competitive advantage, how do we better leverage the talent of the network Mm -hmm. 
to find the right person to solve this problem? Who's the person who's built 20 e-commerce sites right. and optimized them for user experience? This, this person could be in Singapore. This person could be in Rio. Exactly. Which, but which also brings back the ten- tension of the individual agency brands within Publicis. You know, you're talking about an individual. You're not talking about Leo Burnett. Well, and and again. Uh, to my comment on the consultancies, mm-hmm. people align around brands. Mm-hmm. So when people get an offer letter and they're hired, they're hired by Leo Burnett. Mm-hmm. People want to be part of agencies and cultures that breed talent. Mm-hmm. So again, the role of publicists is to actually create infrastructure, mm-hmm. to be an enabler, to be uh, an accelerator. And I think our tour understands that explicitly. Mm-hmm. The power of brand is to actually be the client partner to create the culture, to create the environment where Mm -hmm. talent can grow and thrive. Mm -hmm. And again, I think what our tour and the group are doing is investing in technologies, investing in capabilities Mm -hmm. that will enable our talent to be more effective, that will enable us to use creativity Mm -hmm. uh, more efficiently and more effectively. Uh, But at the end of the day, our product is using creativity to solve clients' business problems. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, if you come back to Marcel, uh, why would you not want to access the best thinking, the best case studies, the best experience across mm-hmm. the group mm-hmm. to you know, help our clients succeed? Mm-hmm. And, again, uh, that doesn't say that brand doesn't matter. It just basically facilitates new resources. Right. And, and, it, and it does come at the tail end of a year where, you know, there was a big uh, – our, our tour made a big splash. It was almost – yeah, I guess it was sort of as coming out at Cannes last year as the as the, as the, 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 the top dog at the Publicis. And the announcement that – they were going to develop Publis, uh, Marcel came at the same time as a moratorium on awards for the year. It was almost like he came in and said, this is a reset. And a lot of people sort of, he's raised a lot of eyebrows, like why, what does sitting out for a year have to do with Marcel? What is Marcel? What's it going to be? Now we're at the end of that year, and a lot of those questions are not, are uh, sort of being answered. Um, do you feel like, uh, you know, what do you, what do you think, to the extent that you can speak for him, he's been up to? <laughs> You know, I, uh, I know what Artur has been up to, and what Artur has been up to is actually building capability across the group mm-hmm. to enable brands to better partner with clients. Mm-hmm. And again, Marcel, uh, the work he's been doing in terms of creating an integrated data spine, mm-hmm. the work he's been doing in terms of uh, helping to build capabilities like PeopleCloud mm-hmm. are all things that basically create competitive advantage mm-hmm. for our people and for the people of the group to basically better partner and work with clients. Mm-hmm. You know, and and again, I think uh, you know uh, Leo Burnett and as a creative agency, uh, it was hard to take the year out of of awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's funny I've been on LinkedIn and everyone's posting on how they're having record years for awards, mm-hmm. um, you know, with one-fourth of the yeah. of the entries uh, down. Yeah. If, if you're not getting your fair share with, uh, you know, yeah. a quarter of the, the agencies out, like, yeah. there's probably an issue. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would ho- yeah, I would hope it's a record year for everyone else. <laughs> I would hope it is. But, but you uh, guys, but publicists yeah. have found ways to get, I mean, not at the scale as previous years, but publicists, like, they said they were sitting out, but clients will submit awards. Vendors will submit awards. So there's there are ways in. We haven't prevented clients if yeah. they wanted to pre- submit awards, yeah. but if 
I mean, I know as a fact, if you look at the volume mm-hmm. that we've submitted at every award show, it's, it's, down. it's significantly down. Right. And the number of people we send. So. Right. Are you going to Cannes this year? I am not. I remember last year when we met, I asked if you thought you'd still go, and you were like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but Mark is going. Mark Totsil, you're, you're, Yes. Yes. Um, uh, what is his role these days? He's the uh, executive, executive chairman. chairman. That's it. Um, and uh, uh, he's going. He's going to be a juror. Nick Law is a juror. Is that right? I Grand, believe so. Jury, I don't jury know. Chairman, I think. Um, did you have a sense of what he thought of the moratorium uh, working with Mark? You know, I think uh, for Mark, Mark was supportive of it and went on record as being supportive. But, you know, Mark is someone, I think, who really uh, has dedicated his life to understanding and and valuing the power of creativity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And within our industry, I think award shows are a way to basically metric that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I can say with full confidence that Mark is itching to get back in the game (laughs) and... uh, you know, basically for us to come back strong and uh, reestablish our, our creative leadership. So this will be the year of Tutsal Unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Do you have a favorite uh, piece of work for the year? Yeah, well, the, the, actually one of the things I'm most excited about uh, recently was just the work that Dini Elsner shared actually at Brandcast last week. We had done mm-hmm. a, uh, some work with Rice Krispie Treats and again, mm-hmm. kind of bringing it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've formed a deep partnership with Google. We had actually worked with them to do search analytics and looked at actually parenting behavior for Rice Krispie Treats uh-huh. in an overlay. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what we were able to found is a uh, they were doing a, a fall launch with back to school that there was a huge amount of searches on parental notes for back to school for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, in the spirit of creative solutions, we actually modified the packaging so parents could leave notes for their kids on That's the good. package. That's good. Uh, and, you know, basically uh, the idea of, you know, emotional connection and Rice Krispie Treats is like a message of love and, and support. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this also speaks to Burnett's history too because it was all it was the series it was the critter agency right and the we've been with Kellogg's for a long time <laughs> but you know it's it for me what I love about it it's a creative mm-hmm. idea born of human insight based mm-hmm. off of behavior in partnership with Google to all your, your questions earlier on what's the core doing mm-hmm. uh, which modified the package so the starting point was actually how do we actually help parents better connect with their kids. Mm-hmm. And then we made an ad to basically tell people about it. Yeah. So for me, it was just indicative of what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. You know, and the brand is experiencing double-digit growth, uh, you know, and again, in a CPG world under stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's the power of creative solutions in action. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and, and you've been prior, well, I mean, throughout all of this, you've been pretty outspoken about during the, the whole rebate uproar. Uh, McKinsey released a report last month or just a couple weeks ago suggesting that not much has changed. Do you have a take on that? Um, You know, I think uh, for me, I still think there's work to be done in Mm. terms of uh, both clients and agencies coming together around the industry uh, and the issue of transparency. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think, uh, you know, I, I think for me, the starting point on it is actually MarTech. Mm-hmm. And I do think that uh, clients have work to do in terms of defining their, how they're going to use and deploy marketing technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting. There's been a lot of debate on in-house versus not in-house. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it's the wrong debate. Mm-hmm. 
for me, I think clients need to do more to basically own their own marketing technology and, and working with partners to deploy that. But I don't think clients need to become media agencies. Right. And I think what's happening is people are throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm -hmm. And again, yes, you need to own the technology to protect your first party data. Mm -hmm. But that should be the starting point, uh, not and I need a media buyer to basically go out and manage the transactions. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's a lot of confusion right now, and I, I would just strongly encourage clients to partner with experts. I was gonna say, do you advise clients uh, on this? Uh, less so now, Yeah. less so now, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I would just strongly encourage clients to partner with experts because mm -hmm. I think there are best practices, mm -hmm. and I think there are established standards, and you know, I've been talking about this with Marla at the four A's. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's uh, things that can be done today, um, but I don't think the solution is uh, trying to build a media agency in, uh, you know, Peoria, uh, <laughs> because you feel like it will give you more control. Right. Uh, you know, that said, I think there are things that clients can do again immediately to basically have direct access and control of, of their marketing technology and the data that lives within it. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, how, how does all, all of your new sort of tech processes um, impact your, we've talked about how it impacts creativity. How does it uh, uh, impact your recruiting or, or new business approach? So I, our new business uh, has radically transformed be because of it. Uh, we go to market now uh, much more focused on how do we understand your core business problem? How do we apply and uh, leverage human understanding to create competitive advantage? Mm -hmm. And again, I think uh, then apply creativity to that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think in the past it was much more, hey, here's an idea and may the best idea win. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, we've radically transformed uh, how we go to market and our, you know, we've been experiencing incredible success in new business and, and, and mm -hmm. a really high percentage of win rate. I think because we've learned how to leverage data to create human understanding to inform creativity. Mm -hmm. uh, I think from a talent perspective, uh, the value and the need for cross-trained athletes is higher than ever. I think that you need people who can live at the intersection of technology, intelligence, and creativity. Mm -hmm. And I think you need people who uh, you know, are, are open to transformational change. Uh, I was uh, I was with uh, Tom Wilson, who's the CEO of Allstate recently, and he said uh, he was at a conference and someone said, think about your last year mm -hmm. and how much change took place. Mm -hmm. Now acknowledge that that's the least amount of change that will ever happen <laughs> in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's only going to accelerate mm -hmm. from here. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think that statement is the central point to all future talent and hiring. Mm -hmm. uh, we need people who last year was the least amount of change mm -hmm. uh, and that they're basically open to and ready to uh, accelerate yeah. accelerate transformation and acknowledge that we're in a, a rapidly changing we'll, period. We'll talk about your background then. You're, how are you ready for accelerated change? Where, where do you, you um, just personally, you're at, uh, Sarcom Media Vest for this. You have a uh, military background. Also. I, was, I started, uh, joined the Army, uh, uh, 
got an ROTC scholarship, mm-hmm. uh, was in the Army from 86 to 94. Mm-hmm. Did you see it? Uh, were you deployed? I was in the first Gulf War, but I did nothing. So, mm-hmm. uh, but the, uh, you know, I, I think so much of the Army, uh, you know, I, I uh, was in the infantry and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, went to was in airborne and basically you know you jump out of a plane and mm-hmm. you land the ground and you kind of have to quickly assess what mm-hmm. what the needs are and mm-hmm. quickly pull things together and mm-hmm. uh you know I, I think a lot of the uh, idea of adapt and improvise uh mm-hmm. is applicable today yeah, uh, do you, you ever feel like you know like hey man i used to jump out of planes for the army like this nothing's gonna rattle me <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, so a uh, true story. When I was when I was in the army, I was a first an infantry platoon leader. There was an incident, and I don't even remember what it was, but everyone was all worked up. And my commander walked into the room and said, "Was anyone killed?" Mm-hmm. People said no, and he said, "Then this is fixable." <laughs> uh, and I think for me, that's a, a great uh, metric mm-hmm. uh, for how big a pro- how big the problem is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, I think in a period of rapid change, uh, Mm -hmm. being able to stay focused, uh, being able to basically surround yourself and bring the right people to the problem, Mm -hmm. um, being able to leverage creativity as competitive advantage are the things that are going to help us win. Great. That's a lovely place to leave it unless you have something pressing on your mind that we didn't get to. No, I appreciate the time. No, this was a lot of fun. Thanks. Thank you. I want to thank Andrew again for joining us today on AdLib. I'm Brian Breaker, editor of AdAge. Our show today was produced by Alfred Mascaroni. I encourage you to check us out at adage.com. Subscribe to us at iTunes. Give us lots of stars. Listen to us wherever there are good podcasts. And come back next week. Tell a friend. Tell a friend.